Welcome sisters to another episode of the When Marriage Hurts podcast. I'm your host Ola Davis and this is episode number 24 where we will be looking at the topic how to stay well in an abusive marriage when living is not an option. Now I know I talk a lot on this podcast about um, why an abusive marriage is not an LD environment to thrive and be all that God has called us to be. Um, but the fact of the matter is living isn't an option for everybody at the very moment. So there are people that might need to leave their abusive marriage at some point, but the time to leave isn't always now for for different reasons um maybe someone needs to get financially stable before they're able to leave maybe you know there could be a a number of reasons why a person isn't able to leave right away so today we're going to look at how to stay well how to stay well now these are not um they're not like how to stay forever and ever in an abusive marriage. It's just how to stay well for a period of time is living if living right now is not an option. Um, so I'm going to be giving a few tips that um, I put in place that helped me survive long enough before I was able finally, I was finally, oh my goodness, I was finally able to take the leap out of my abusive marriage. So um sit tight don't go nowhere except maybe to get a cold drink maybe (laughs) that you can sip on as you listen and i will be right back after this hey sis welcome to the when marriage hurts podcast i'm your host ola davis My mission is to help Christian women in painful marriages become aware of the marriage lies our society and religion has programmed our heads with. Are you tired of marriage advice that always blames you for whatever goes wrong in your marriage? Have you attended all the marriage seminars seeking help only to be blamed and shamed for your marriage problems? Has your marriage become the source of your greatest pain? Have you lost hope of being happily married? Are you just hanging in for the sake of your kids? I've been there before. I know what it is like to feel alone in marriage, yet feel trapped by the wedding vows that I made. Together, we will discover scriptural truths that set us free from the pain so that healing can begin. Oh yeah, let's shake some tables. Thank you. Thank you again for joining me on this episode. I do not take it for granted that you um, keep listening every single week when I release this um, podcast episodes. I, I really appreciate that. I know that it's because you believe that I do have something to say, something valuable, and that's why you listen. Um, so I do appreciate that. Like I said in the intro, This episode is about how to stay well in an abusive marriage when leaving is not an option. Okay, so like I said 
these are not um they are not long-term strategies so if a person is like yeah i know my ma- marriage is abusive but i'm never leaving i'm gonna be here till the end of my days um you might need some deeper strategies than what i'm sharing right now um, i mean it's not my recommendation that anyone chooses to stay forever and ever but I'm also not naive to think that there aren't people that make those kind of decisions. Um, so I'm just, that's why I'm giving this di- disclaimer that the strategies that I'm giving in this episode are short-term strategies. So maybe someone has to stay for another two years, few months, five years, whatever the case may be. All right. Now, so... The background here is that when I became, when I got to that point where I almost died because I had so many health problems and I became suicidal just because of the abuse that I was um, living with in my marriage, I, I couldn't, I mean, I wanted to leave right there and then. But it wasn't the best option for me um, for a variety of reasons. Um, One of which was that I wasn't financially stable at that time. I wasn't financially stable. um, And my husband knew that. He knew that I was financially dependent on him. And I think that for this desire to even abuse me the more because he knew I wasn't going to go anywhere. Um, So I wasn't financially stable. I didn't really have a support system. Um, So I was essentially trapped. But I knew I had to leave at some point. Now, um, we were already processing uh, Canadian immigration to move to Canada. So I knew that was going to give me uh, it was going to give me an opportunity to be able to set myself up financially. I was going to be able to get a well-paying job that I wouldn't have to depend on my husband anymore. So I knew that was, it was just, we were so close to getting our visas and making the move. Now, if there was no move in sight to Canada, I would have needed to come up with a different plan to become financially independent, right? Okay. So that was my, that was the situation I was in. And I, I made the decision that I wasn't going to die. I was going to leave for myself, for my children. Um, actually at that point, I, I wasn't even at the point where I wanted to leave for myself. I just wanted to leave for my children and that's fine too. You know, I wanted to leave for my children and I was like, okay, I'm going to leave to see another day. I'm not going to die in this marriage. Um, so I, I, it was like God just gave me the grace. Because it wasn't like I was so knowledgeable. A lot of what I know about abuse right now and how to get out of it, I had no clue. I was ignorant of those kind of um, things. I didn't have that wisdom at that time. Um, so it was just more like God helping me to do what I needed to do. 
So I knew that I had no control over how my husband acts or behaves towards me. And that's the first thing that you need to realize as well is that you have no control over your husband. I know for many people that end up on this, you know, stumbling across this podcast and become uh, repeat listeners, mostly Christians. I think it's, I probably have a predominantly Christian audience. I know for a fact that you didn't just come across my podcast the very first time that your husband did something to hurt you. You've probably been going through this for a while. You've probably prayed. You've probably spoken to counselors or maybe leaders in church and nothing, it wasn't getting any better. And that's why you ended up here. So if your prayer could magically change your husband, your husband would have been changed already. I, I, I mean... <laughs> I I know for a fact that you've probably prayed about your husband's abuse towards you. Because that's just what we do as Christian women. That is what we're taught to do. Which, you know, is not, it's a good thing. We're supposed to, spouses are supposed to pray for each other, pray for their family, pray for their children. So it's, it's you did the right thing by praying but you have to realize that you can't use prayer to control your husband. God has given, just as God has given you a will and he doesn't, doesn't force you to do anything. It's the same way God has given your husband a will and your husband can choose to exercise his free will however he chooses. That's not something you can tamper with using prayer. When we try to use prayer to control another human being, to to control and manipulate another human being, that's, that's ungodly. That's witchcraft, essentially. So know that you only have control over you, not your spouse. Now, once you get that, once you know that you only have control over your own behavior, over your own words, that in itself brings a degree of freedom. Because you don't have this burden of, oh, I need to get him to change. I need to make my husband change. Once you are able to accept that it's not within your power to do that and you're not even supposed to do that, you you kind of let go of that burden. And then you realize that the only person that you have control over that you can change is you. Okay, so since you are the only one that you can control and and and, and change, then... Put the focus back on you. What can you do to improve upon yourself? What can you do to better respond to your husband's abuse? 
What can you do so that you're not, you, you're not having to receive the abuse and let it damage you? You're able to protect yourself from being destroyed because up till now, your focus has probably always been on how can I help my husband? I believe he's a good person. I believe, you know, I just, I just need to help him so that the good part of him can, can show up more. Well, you know, that's all wishful thinking. It really is. Cause when you're dealing with an abuser, even on days where they seem to be nice, they're still an abuser. It's just an abuser having a good day. That's what it is essentially. So you have to face the truth and know what you're dealing with and know that you only have control over yourself. So the next thing you want to do is begin to educate yourself about abuse, about the mind games that abusers um, put in place or that they utilize to break us down, to break down our soul. Educate yourself about um, abusive patterns, being able to recognize abusive patterns, um, being able to detect and educate yourself about the cycle of abuse. Now we've, we've talked about the cycle of abuse on this podcast. I believe it's episode number 11. Um, I hope I'm not wrong. I think it's episode number 11. The, if you search for it, it's, uh, the title is just the cycle of abuse. So if, if that's an episode you've never listened to, you do want to listen to that. You need to educate yourself about the cycle of abuse so that you can read the temperature in your home. Okay. You can know when things, uh, you can know when stuff is about to hit the fan. Let me just put it that way. And you can prepare yourself on how to respond to it so that, you know, abuse is like, is like, is like, uh, emotional abuse, especially is something that chips at you slowly, slowly, slowly until it becomes super damaging to not just to your mental health, but to your physical health. So it's very important that you educate yourself on these things and also on how to respond. There's a lot of resources online about how to protect yourself, how to recognize these patterns of abuse, how to properly respond to those, um, those seemingly harmless jabs that are really, really harmful. Like when your, when your spouse puts you down in public, when your spouse puts you down in front of your children, when they talk down at you, those things that chip away at your very soul, when they say demeaning things about you, when they try to use guilt into making you feel like you're a terrible spouse, you know, all those really subtle things. When you're able to recognize it for what it is, you don't accept whatever they're saying as gospel truth. And you also understand that 
you're not obligated to do some things for your spouse if they're not going to treat you right. See, that's something that no one ever taught me. You know, I was always taught that, oh, you should never say no to your husband when he wants sex. But it's kind of tricky when you're with someone who keeps abusing you, but you're obligated to give them sex whenever they want it. Now, if if I had known any better, I would have been able to draw boundaries and be like, you know what, you can't, I'm sorry, but I just have a problem with sleeping with someone, giving my body to someone that just told me a few hours ago that I'm completely worthless and will amount to nothing. <laughs> it's just, it just feels like being raped. That's exactly, it feels like sleeping with the enemy, the enemy of your soul. That's exactly what it feels like. Um, now, I need to put out another disclaimer that the tips I'm putting out in this episode is some of it is going to be, be applicable to everyone in an abusive marriage. But if you're in a marriage that is very physically violent, where your husband is, is um, physically violent towards you, then you want to walk in, in wisdom. In fact, I'll say that this is probably not the episode for you um, because the podcast is really for people is more predominantly for women that are being emotionally and psychologically abused and you know when I as as we go on you would know why I'm saying that for someone who is with a spouse that is very physically violent you might want to exercise you you do want to seek professional help let me just say that (laughs) Um, you do want to see professional help. Okay. So I've talked about recognizing abusive patterns and cycle of abuse so that you know that, okay, stuff is about to hit the fan and this is how I'm going to respond. Um, another thing that's going to help you is to start journaling. If you're concerned about your husband finding your journal or diary and reading it you can there are online journals out there where you can protect with a password now why is it, why is it so important to journal when you're going through abuse there's something the psychologists call cognitive dissonance and you go through this cognitive dissonance because your abuser would have times where they would do something seemingly nice for you and then they would kind of sandwich that with abuse and then when they sense that you're withdrawing from them emotionally, they do something nice again to pull you back in. And cognitive dissonance is essentially what happens to your brain. Your brain knows for sure that this person is abusive But then your brain also remembers this wonderful things that they've done for you. Maybe they got you flowers on Mother's Day or maybe they they run a run a grocery errand for you or just something that made you happy in that fleeting moment. 
and your brain is thinking, well, he's a wonderful guy. That's the guy I fell in love with. But then he's also thinking, but he's also abusive. So your brain struggles. Your brain struggles to harmonize this events or those facts, right? So when you want to think, oh no, this person is just terrible and they're causing me a lot of harm, that the memories of the nice things they've done wouldn't kind of, it will keep tugging at your brain and you just find it hard to reconcile those facts. And you start making excuses like, well, maybe you didn't really mean to do that or say that. Maybe I drove him to that. Maybe I made him so frustrated that he had to lash out at me in anger. Like we begin to make up these excuses so that that conflict in our brain is kind of resolved and the facts are balanced. (laughs) So... That's what they call cognitive dissonance. Now, and you, we kind of do this even subconsciously and it's what keeps us in the abuse because we make up excuses that makes it sound like it wasn't so bad or maybe I just interpreted it wrong, that kind of thing. But when you start writing things down when you start journaling the things that happen the the how is abusive towards you you start writing down specific events when you get to that point where you start having doubts and start thinking well maybe maybe it's not so bad maybe this is just how marriage is supposed to be for everybody and after all they say marriage is supposed to be odd maybe this is just my own um challenge in marriage that I have to deal with when you go back to the things that you wrote down that actually happened it's gonna it's you know I mean facts don't lie it's going to help reset your brain to a certain degree and be like oh no 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 this is bad this is terrible this isn't just a marriage challenge you know you're able to read your own journal almost with the eye of a third party and think to yourself that if this was a friend of mine or if this was my daughter that was being treated this way by a man, would I tell them that it's okay? Would I tell them that they should continue to subject themselves to that? And I tell you, you're, you're going to see things differently. It's like seeing this bird's eye view of your situation. That's what journaling does for you. Um, another thing that you want to do is you want to pray differently. Now, in the past, you might have been praying, oh God, change my husband, help him to become a loving man help him to become a loving man and that's all great but at this point you've prayed enough of that you need to start praying for you remember we said the person you have control over is you you need to start praying for yourself start praying for wisdom 
start praying prayers that that build you up start praying for wisdom on how to respond to your husband start praying for wisdom on how to handle people that don't really understand what you're going through but they just say things that just make you feel like it's all your fault pray for wisdom on how to respond to such people pray for god's direction you know pray prayers like god what would you have me do um if you want to go back to school if you want to start a career whatever it is that you you see as the barrier in front of you that that makes it seem like you would never be able to survive on your own outside of this abusive marriage pray about it so start focusing and what it does it's not just about oh praying all for yourself selfish no it's the fact that abuse makes you neglect your own self over a period of years so what you're doing right now is cultivating your own relationship with god having a completely different kind of conversation with god where it's not always about lord my marriage my marriage my marriage right where your marriage isn't this idol but you cultivating your relationship with god where god has your ears and your eyes and is able to open your eyes to see things is able to is able to open your ears to hear things where he finally has your attention and he can lead you the way he wants to lead you okay so focus prayer on yourself um, another thing that you want to do is learn to start taking care of you. Abuse makes you neglect yourself. You know, when the abuser gets into your head and your mind, the thing is when they're not even around you, their voice stays with you and keeps on abusing you. That's the terrible thing about emotional abuse. So... You begin to neglect yourself. You begin to talk down at yourself. Um, even when your abuser is not around, you have their voice stuck in your head telling you you're never going to do anything good. You're never going to amount to nothing without them. You need to start taking care of you. You need to start replacing those thoughts with the word of God. You need to start making self-care a priority. What are those things that you used to do for yourself before, before you got into this abusive relationship? What are the things you enjoy doing? Do you enjoy gardening? Then you want to get back into that. Do you enjoy um, reading? Then you want to get back into that. Do you enjoy whatever it is that you used to enjoy doing that this relationship has kind of stolen from you you want to get back to doing that because what it does for you is that it feeds your soul it feeds your soul your body isn't always having to deal with the aftermath of this abuse you can also do something to replenish yourself um it could be exercise. Maybe you've neglected to exercise and take care of your body. You want to start doing that. 
maybe you've been exercising the whole time but you were only doing it because your husband always told you you were fat and unattractive you want to do it now with a different mindset that you're not exercising for your husband you're not exercising to get validation or to have somebody tell you that you're beautiful you're exercising because you love your own body no matter how obese or overweight you think it is that you love your own self you love you and this is the body that God has given you and you want to take good care of it because um, how well you take care of it is an important factor in how um, how you're able to enjoy life how you're able to enjoy life with your children with your loved ones so you want to start doing those kind of things that feeds your soul that feeds your body that builds your self-esteem another thing you want to start doing um i've talked about educating yourself about abusive patterns and the cycle of abuse is that you also want to learn about having healthy boundaries. Now, this is something that's not just going to serve you in a marriage, but it's going to serve you in every relationship. You know, when I started learning about abuse and healthy boundaries, the benefits are just humongous. You start to reevaluate your friendships. You start to reevaluate even your relationship in the workplace, like I just, I, I, I just found out that there are friendships that I've invested so much of myself into, but I haven't had that reciprocated. And it doesn't mean that you should drop all your friends. <laughs> I didn't exactly do that, but it's just that when you're able to reevaluate your relationships with people, you will see where you've invested too much of yourself and you're always the one that's doing all the giving while the other person does all the taking. So you want to learn about boundaries. Uh, A very wonderful book that teaches about boundaries is this book written by, uh, what's his name now, Dr. Henry... Oh my goodness, Dr. Cloud. Oh, give me a moment. I'm going to look that up. Like, it's written by two authors and I just forgot their name all of a sudden. Oh, Lord. Okay, so it's written by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Yeah, my apologies if anyone knows them and I've just been messing their names up. (laughs) But it's written by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. You can get the paper copy. You can get the audio book if you prefer to have audio books. But it's just an excellent book. Excellent, excellent book that teaches you about boundaries. And the fact that boundaries are very healthy it's actually a loving thing to draw an healthy boundary with someone you're in a relationship with any kind of relationship and it's also a book that comes from the biblical perspective so it's 
it gives you enough bible verses that lets you know that this is this is god is all for boundaries god even respects your own boundaries he doesn't try to override your boundaries so yeah i highly recommend that book it's simply called boundaries okay so you want to learn about healthy boundaries um now the disclaimer i gave about this not being that if you're in a relationship that's very physically violent then you just want to go right out and seek professional help right away um if you're living with a spouse that has a gun and they always threaten you with that gun um the kind of boundaries that you you would need to have will be very different from boundaries that someone that's not in that kind of situation would need to have so that's why I'm like if you're in a relationship that is that physically violent or there's a threat of death then you just you need as a matter of urgency you need to seek professional help right away okay so you need to learn about boundaries you need to start taking care of yourself doing things that feed your soul feed your body um Now the next thing you need to do is and this is in no particular order this is just how it's listed in my notes what you need to do is plan your escape right like we said this is for people that have to stay in the short term because living right now is not an option so plan your escape you need to have a game plan how long do you intend to stay like you need to write this down like it's a real plan and have someone that you trust that you can confide in and share your escape plan with them so if your plan is that okay I'll be getting now in the next 5 years of course you don't want to tell your abuser that right away <laughs> yeah cuz that's yeah you don't want to even give them a clue you need to write a plan you need to be able to say this is what's going on in my marriage i'm going to leave in the year 2027 for instance and the reason i'm staying this i'm not leaving right away or plan to leave before then is because i want to blah 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 go back to school get a job get financially independent or by that time my my child would have finished elementary school like just list whatever you think is keeping you there right now and also this is how i intend to get out this is what just write a detailed plan um there are resources on the internet that can help with this but i do recommend that if you're in if you're listening to me and you live in the west so maybe in Europe or in North America there are domestic violence um shelters or centers that you can reach out to that can help you draw out this plan that I'm talking about okay um Yeah, so I would recommend that you do that. But if you're if you live in a place where they don't have such uh facilities available to you, um there are 
online resources that can kind of guide you on how to go about putting together a plan. And make sure you don't just keep your plan to yourself. Find someone that you trust, someone that's not going to go tell your husband that, oh, did you know your wife is planning to (laughs) run away in the next five years? No, you don't want that to happen. Um, The reason I recommend that you share it with someone is that when that time comes and your strength begins to fail you or you start getting cold feet, they are going to be able to remind you and keep you accountable and said, this is why you wrote this three years ago. This is why you wrote this two years ago. This is what's happening. This is why you wanted to get out of, they will be able to remind you. And that, that just helps you to be resolute and move on with that decision. Because I tell you, getting married is so easy. Trying to get out of an abusive marriage is no joke. Even when, even when you think you have everything together, even when you're like, oh, now I have a job, now I'm financially independent, now blah, blah, blah. When, when everything that you thought had to be um, in place is in place, living is still not an easy thing to do. So you need someone that's able to keep you accountable and say, remember, this is why you, I mean, they're not there to put pressure on you. They're just there to be a voice of reason. When you begin to feel very afraid and uncertain. Okay. Um, So if you have like domestic violence centers where you are, you want to reach out to them. They can help you out with that. All right. So those are just a few tips of how to stay well when living right away is not an option. I hope that this episode has been helpful. I know that I kind of talked a bit faster than usual on this episode, but that's because I didn't want the episode to drag out for too long. Um, If you need to slow down the speed or if you need to listen to the episode Um, a second or third time, please do that. And let me know how this episode has helped you. You can come talk to me on our Facebook group, When Marriage Hurts. On Instagram is also When Marriage Hurts. Or you can just uh, find me on the Facebook group and shoot me a direct message. I look forward to hearing from you. And until I get to talk to you again next week, I want you to remember that Jesus said he will never leave you nor forsake you. Even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God said he will always be there with you. Do have a wonderful week ahead. God bless you. Has this podcast blessed you? If yes, please head over to Apple Podcasts When Marriage Hurts and leave a written review for the show. It would be such a blessing to me to know that this show has impacted you in some ways. Also, share this podcast with a friend. Let's spread the word. Lastly, if you would like to be a part of a community of like-minded women of faith who are on a journey to living the best life God has for them despite their marriage challenges, join our Facebook group, When Marriage Hurts. Until next time, remember the words of Jesus. 
Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. 